from one dipstick in Georgia to another dipstick in Texas. Welcome to Two Dipsticks Garage with the Chance Brothers. Did you find a happy home for the Tundra? We, we did, and this is, this is my bittersweet story, but, but we did. We, we found a happy place for the Tundra to go. And so, like I said, I had bought the Maverick on a Saturday. That following day, Sunday, I was taking a flight to go to London um, and was in London that, those two nights and then Paris two more nights and then back on, the, uh, on Thursday for work. And then Friday came back around. I was upside down. I didn't know what day it was. And then, um, oh gosh, I think it was Saturday. I finally was able to get her Saturday night. I was finally able to get around and list the Tundra. And so I had spent really most of the day Saturday detailing, uh, making sure that it was as pretty as it could be. Took all the pictures of it, got it listed at 10 p.m. on Saturday evening. Um, And so from our discussions that we've been having, uh, trying to figure out what the market was going for, what people wanted to, what people were listing it for, and then what actually people were selling it for. So obviously, how long has it been sitting on the market at the price? My pitch to my wife historically was Mm $20,000. So the market, I think, has wavered a bit now that supply has come back up. So I think we've seen that uh, decline a little bit. Perhaps you could try to find an opportunity to get 20, but it's going to take a while. The price that I had in my mind, the gut feeling I had was uh, 17.5. So I listed it for 17,500. I put it on Auto Trader first. I paid the $49 fee for Auto Trader, thinking that mm-hmm. that was a, you know, a sound place to go. And then I did Facebook Marketplace because everybody throws stuff on Facebook Marketplace. It's just so easy. True story. Uh, then cars.com because some people still look at that, I think. Uh, <laughs> Very true. Actually, I found the Golf R on Cars.com. Oh, okay. So I had them on those. Then as soon as you throw something up on Marketplace, bots just come out of the woodwork. These bots mm-hmm. are quick, man. And they were, is this item still available? I was like, <laughs> this item? And then I, you, know, you look at their profile, and they've been a Facebook member since 2023. And they have one picture up there and they've got a weird name. And I was like, all right, well, going to go ahead and block these three that that responded immediately. But then I got a real reply that night. I think it was an hour later. I got a reply from this guy that said, would you take 16,000 for it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, maybe or I was like, how are you offering this so quickly? Um, and I was talking to him a little bit more. I said, I'm, I'd, I'd like to get a little bit more than that. I'm going to hold out if it's okay for you after I asked him if he could get up any higher. And he said, 16 is all I've got. And I said, okay, well, I'll keep you in mind. He said, please do. And then the next morning I woke up to a few more messages and there was a, a gentleman who had reached out to me and started asking some really good detailed questions on the truck. So mm-hmm. I think you handled the first guy as fair as possible, because when somebody reaches out with a low ball offer, they haven't seen it. You don't know how legit that they are. I think the best thing you can do is say, I appreciate it. It's been listed for a whole hour. Yeah. Can you come up more? And I'm going to hang on a little bit longer and see what other interest I get. That's the that's as fair yep. as you can be. 
But then yeah. the guy comes along that starts asking you questions before talking price. He starts, this guy's been looking for one for six months and he right. knows what he's looking for. And he knows that if there's a, a cam tower leak on the driver's side cam tower, he's going to ask you that question about it. And yeah. if you're not a Tundra owner, you're going to be like, what's a cam tower leak? What, what was that? <laughs> it's exactly know, right. And he does. And, and, and so this was where we had good, good questions right away. So he was asking there was a picture that showed below the navigation street screen. There's a plastic cover that goes behind your buttons. And basically at the bottom that had a little crack on it. Mm-hmm. He was like, is there, is that a crack I'm seeing at the bottom of the plastic cover down <laughs> there? And I was zoomed like, in and inspected yeah, everything on it. He did. And he was asking, um, think about the, the wheels were the wheels, how old were the wheels? How long have they been on there? And he asked one of the questions that I'm, I am glad he asked, which means he knows about these trucks. He said, is there any lifter noise in the engine? And I said, aha, you yes. ask a very good question. Very sir. good question. As you and I had discussed, you had a 5.7 in your Sequoia, mm-hmm. same engine as uh, I had in the Tundra. And I heard uh, on startup after especially on cold mornings, but on startup, you'd hear a little bit of ticking mm-hmm. uh, when you, when you started it up and it seems to be just a commonality on these trucks, but there was a, a site that our dad had actually sent to us for a ceramic coating for the, for the engine basically. Um, mm. It is from a company called Caracote. I hope I pronounce it correctly. It's either okay. Caracote or Ceracote. You know um, what? You can butcher them all day until they sponsor us. So that's <laughs> Why don't you tell us how to say it? And then you can pay us to say it. <laughs> they offered this stuff. I think it was like $35 or so. It's coming from Switzerland. I had seen some videos that they shot of it. And basically all it does is it kind of lines the cylinder walls and prevents some of that friction stickiness, especially that builds up over 180,000 miles. So this is an additive that you put into your oil and it goes in and these molecules are two-sided and on one side is the side that goes in and sticks to your cylinder wall. And the other side is the lubricant that allows everything to flow smoothly. Yeah. Seen this. Yes. Sometimes you don't know if it's snake oil and I've seen a few things, you know, like sometimes Lucas offers some stuff that could be good. The Z max. And I saw this and I've seen some YouTube videos of folks putting it in their cars and they had some really noisy engines and they put this stuff in. And you could see right after, just quiet, just the smoothest, butteriest sounding engine. And I thought, okay, well, you know what? This truck's a little older. I'm going to get ready to sell it. And it's not a very becoming noise. And it wasn't excessive, but you just, you heard it. And Mm -hmm. to me, that just means that things are maybe a little more tired um, in the engine bay. So I got the stuff, put it in. They tell you to, once you put it in, uh, drive it for about 20 minutes to just kind of let it set in. And then the next time I started it up, cold start nothing really buttery buttery smooth it's it's uh what is this stuff called ceracote c-e-r-a-c-o-a-t ceramic engine care product i put it in it worked everything has really held up i would say much better than it had historically so the questions he was asking i said i put this stuff in the engine and it uh completely silenced and smoothed out any of that valve noise that i had heard before he asked a few more questions really good questions and then uh and then i think at one point we started 
getting close to talking about price. He was asking how flexible I was. And I said, hey, look, I've already got an offer back pocket for 16, which was great. So I was very fortunate to have that offer come in. Mm-hmm. So that way I could tell folks, look, I already got, I've already got 16 on the table. Um, you got to beat it to get it, basically. So him and I actually agreed to meet up. He was coming from Alabama. It was about an hour and a half, two hours away. He was going to come with his son. He was telling me he could be there. This was on a Sunday now, and he told me he could be there Sunday afternoon. So again, that tells me he was very serious. He was mm-hmm. looking for something, and he was so serious, he was willing to do it that day. I said, okay, like, yeah, let's meet up. Uh, had even, Of course, I had the title and everything ready to ready to roll. And he's like, I'll show up in a in a gray forerunner. And I was like, good choice. I know you have a, <laughs> you've already got good choices in your family. And uh, it was actually his son's forerunner who was close to my age. Um, and so they ended up uh, driving it, took a look at it. And they were, um, his son has had experience with these vehicles before. He had an 07 Crew Max, same same general thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he wanted to test the four wheel drive system. So he put it in four high, no problem. Went mm-hmm. into four, four high. And after four high, he proceeded to put it in four low, got into four low, no problem. And then he tried to take it out of four low. And then there became, I wouldn't say a problem, but it took a while to come out of four low. And he was kind of driving around in the parking lot making circles, trying to get it out of four low. And, you know, you can read, you can read the instructions of what to do, but basically you're supposed to go around five miles an hour or so rolling straight to get four low to disengage. He was kind of doing that, but I think he was going too slow and I was trying to be a little polite. He acted like he knew what he was doing. We were both standing outside of the car, watching him outside of the truck, watching him around the parking lot, but he went around the parking lot, like, five or six times, then started going backwards and started going forwards to try to get it out. And it wouldn't get out of four low. And then I think he finally started going fast enough. And then you hear the pop of it coming out of four low. And I was like, well, that was a bit of a noisy pop coming out of four low, but <laughs> okay. It came out. I had never had it in four low since I owned it. I've only ever used four high when we were in that crazy Texas snowstorm mm-hmm. in 21. I think it was. He got it out of there. There were no error messages or anything after he got out of it and was able to get back in too high. And I was like, whew, that was interesting. (laughs) Never done that before. So I really, I don't know. What he was saying was his experience is if you don't use four low in these trucks, the solenoids can start getting stuck. Yes. And if you don't often get in and out of it, they just kind of gum up. And so his thought was, you know, we just need to, do that a few more times to make sure that everything kind of lubricates itself. Yes. And he's like, he was telling his dad, best case scenario, we just, we just drop it, clean it out and then put it back together just, just for safety's sake to make sure that the four low will work. But I, I guess the good news is we were able to get out of four low. Yeah. Well, that would have um, been a long ride home. <laughs> <laughs> long, slow ride home. They were good with it. They love the truck. Cause of course she's just the sweetest girl as could be. We agreed on a price, so I listed for seventeen five. He came in at sixteen five. I said, "You got to get closer to 17. He's like, mm-hmm. "Well, I don't have seventeen." And I said, "Well, how close can we get?" Mm-hmm. And so we agreed on sixteen eight. So we shook hands at sixteen eight, and uh, off she went to go live the rest of her days, I guess, in uh, Alabama, or at least the next chapter. 
So that is a true thing for all four-wheel drives, regardless of if you have a manual shift and locking hubs that you have to get out and manually lock. Anytime that you have a four-wheel drive system, it's recommended about once a month to put it into four-wheel drive and drive it and put it into four-wheel low and drive it. But that's not a common thing amongst Mm. folks who have four-wheel drives and really have no use for it because why would you want to? Why would you bother it? Why would you wake a sleeping bear? Now we know knowing's half the battle. (laughs) And I'm, I'm fortunate enough on the, the GX 460, which is all wheel drive, but it does have a four wheel low option Mm -hmm. about once a month on the, the 40 acres out here. I just drop it down to four low and cruise for about half a mile and then call it good. Yeah. It's a bittersweet thing because that truck is such a good truck and yours had some very nice bits on it to make it even better. He liked the way it sounded. They were all complimenting the Magnaflow X-Pipe catback exhaust because it Mm -hmm. just, you know, of course it sounds good. And um, this is a good story for the truck because it actually started its life in Alabama. It was built in Canada. Okay. But it... it, um, it made its way down to Alabama. That's where the gentleman who first purchased it was stationed. Okay. And so it started its life there in Alabama, and actually quite a long period of its life was there. And then it began uh, its way. It was up in, uh, oh gosh, I wrote this down. Kentucky at one point, New Jersey for like a year, and then Texas, uh, in Benton, Texas, just outside of Killeen, uh, is where I had picked it up. So uh, it's a return home. For the big girl you're closing up shop with two dipsticks garage feel free to open up another one to see what them chance brothers are getting into next ah!